The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall establish. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and there you'll see two videos at the top of the screen. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday. Uh, you can catch that and replay it up until 3 o'clock this afternoon, which, because it's Saturday morning, uh, <laughs> uh, it'll be Saturday uh, when Saturday afternoon when he comes on two hours okay 
of Bradley Dean. So if you want to catch that, uh, that's there. And then don't miss him at 3 o'clock where he'll be live in that little space there. On the right side is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got, and then look for the Rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. we got friends over there. We're streaming live to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Also, beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there. DLive.tv, The Sons of Liberty, and a variety of little Facebook pages that I have that, for whatever reason, they continue to leave up. So we're going to take advantage of it as long as we can. Lots of friends on those. And then also, if you're on Twitter by chance, you want to follow me over there, The Real Tim Brow 2. Don't put the N in there. Put a 2 in its place, and you're good to go. All right, right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. You get one of those each day. usually goes out between 7 and 8 Eastern. Um, and then if you want our ministry email, that's at sonsoflibertyradio.com. And you can sign up for that on the front page. That goes out on Saturdays once a week and exclusive content about uh, what goes on in the ministry here at Sons of Liberty. Also, if you'd like to help us out and you agree with our message, there's a donate button at the uh, top of the page, sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can click on that make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And we appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, very, very much. Our store is also open. You can uh, take advantage this week of picking up Bradley's book, Grass Doesn't Work, The Rocks Do. It's normally $11 this week only through tonight at midnight, Saturday at midnight. You can get this book for 30% off with the promo code GRASS. GRASS gets you 30% off, right? And But it's only through midnight tonight, so be sure and uh, and check that out. Now, I um <clears throat> yesterday I was able to, for the first time, uh, because my grandson was born like I don't know a little past mid how do I how do you say this so you guys get it a little past midnight on Sunday morning like one in the morning on Sunday morning okay uh, one thirty or one twenty four something like that and uh, so they were you know in the hospital for a couple of days and when he came home I wasn't feeling well I was doing my chlorine dioxide stuff and resting and uh, it was it was a pretty strong whatever went on there. Anyway, um, Friday, uh, I got to where I felt, you know, pretty good. Um, the coffin had largely left and everything. So I got to hold the little guy, and um, they had him dressed up in his little dump truck uh, hoodie. And, like, he's ready to go out. Like, he's ready to walk, you know. And so, yeah, we got a, we got a little picture. Um, uh, my son took a couple of pictures and, and things. But uh, this little Tristan and... Um, Boy, I tell you what, he's been he's been just a bundle of joy for uh, a lot of the family members here. The kids love him. Uh, of course, my wife loves being a nana, and uh, and it's it's really, you know, it's it's really almost like your family starts over again. It, it's really it's really interesting. So I praise God for that. And again, the fulfillment of His promises that we read in Psalm one twenty seven one twenty eight. May you see your children's children. I mean, that is a blessing from the Lord. It really is. Uh, you know, especially when we see people all around us falling. I mean, they're literally dropping by the thousands be- beside us. Remember what we read out of Psalm 91? Thousand fall at your right hand, 10,000, you know, around you, but it won't come near you. It won't come near you. And uh, so we praise God for that, and we bless him uh, for little Tristan and for bringing uh, mom and dad safely home. All right, now I've got a couple of videos here, or I got one video I'm going to play for you, and then I, I actually let me let me give this a quote. I'm going to have to mute it because I don't want to hear the guy talking, but I do want to give you this quote. Now, look, Ayn Rand uh, wrote some great stuff, okay, but she was a woman who continually rejected Christ, even though she had been under communism. 
uh, she would continue to reject that. But she got, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day, right? And she had some uh, she had some things that she said that were actually really good. And here's one of the warnings that she gives, which is something very similar to what we've presented to you here on Signs of Liberty. Here's the quote. We are fast approaching the stage of the ultimate inversion, the stage where the government is free to do anything it pleases, while the citizens may act only by permission, which is the stage of the darkest periods of human history, the stage of rule by brute force. I think she's right, unless the people stand up and uh, defend their liberties. And I don't know where that line's going to be for, for many people, but uh, we're, we're fast approaching that. Now, here's another one. Now, this is old. This is an old... How many of you have heard of Project Bluebeam, right? Where they were going to stage the second coming of Christ, right? And so here's a guy explaining what that is in a very short, it's a minute and a half or so video here. Take a listen to this guy. Whoops. Personally investigated several apparently you know, genuine UFO cases where there was, in fact, many, my, my conclusion, the conclusion of scientists working with me, was that there was, in fact, a manipulation taking place and that it was not a hoax on the part of the witnesses, but a hoax on the part of somebody much better organized than them. So there are possibly all of these levels going on simultaneously. Today, the, today with the current technology, that would be possible. Oh, I, somewhere I missed it. I must have picked up there uh, where this, where he if missed the part. Let me try again. that something is real, then it is real in its, in its effects. In terms of in the, social reality. In terms of the social reality, in terms of what people act according to their beliefs. Yeah. And uh, that opens a question of, really at two levels, uh, perhaps something that we are creating ourselves, perhaps a, a series of images that we are projecting. I think Carl Jung came very close to, to expressing that idea in, in one of his books. Or could it be manipulated purposely by people who have the technology to uh, simulate UFO sightings? And mm -hmm. people say, well, of course not. Who would do a thing like that? Well, I would remind you that during Watergate, during the Watergate investigation, it was discovered that there was a plan uh, originated in the White House to uh, surface a submarine off the coast of Cuba and paint the second coming of Christ over the island of Cuba using holograms, oh, and, yeah. <laughs> which is well within our technology today. The idea was that since there is a large Catholic population in Cuba, uh -huh. they would be so upset by this vision that this would saturate the communication channels, you know, the telephone system in Cuba, long enough for an invasion to take place. How interesting. Okay, all right, so you get the idea. Now, I just want to put that out there because what are they setting you up for now? UFOs and aliens. And I, I pointed you to the UFO conspiracy documentary that we had, which basically goes back in history and talks about people who claim they've encountered UFOs and all this stuff. It's, it's, it's synonymous with people who were demon-possessed. That, that what you're I think you're dealing with a combination of men and demons. That's what I think. I don't think there's such things as, and they are extraterrestrial. Don't get me wrong. They don't. They're not of this earth. Uh, but what he's saying here is the government back then had the technology to use holograms to, and, and this goes to all this stuff where people see, you know, Fatima and all this, you know, Mary images on all this stuff, mind control. 
and technology. That's what they're using against you, and you've got to beware against that. You, you really have to beware against it. That's why I uh, chose to play this today. I want to make one other other announcement, and that is for you guys who were listening to the pre-show. Yeah, that what it was Petra. There was a couple of guys in there, John Schlitt and John Lowry. But this guy, uh, Dave Vask, or Dan Vask. I'm sorry, Dan Vask, D-A-N, and his last name is V-A-S-C. Tremendous voice on this guy. I mean, his range is like out there, and he can do the growling and everything else. It's just off the charts. We we listened to, to a couple of songs while we were talking outside uh, last night with my boys and my son-in-law. And uh, by the way, uh, Mr. Wordsworth, thank you for the treats. Those were used last night as well. And uh, with that said, it is Saturday, and as always, we have with us our health and wellness nurse and nutritionist, um, health and wellness expert, nurse and nutritionist, Kate Shimrani, and uh, Kate's got a lot of stuff going on this morning, so good morning, Kate. Good morning. <laughs> oh, I'm so tired. I'm going to apologize. We were, uh, <laughs> did I lose you there? No, well, you're here. Oh, um, we were all out really late last night. Um, I met some wonderful people. I was actually a big hello to Piers Corbin because he was very entertaining. Um, actually, you can see my little man, Rafi, in the background. Can you see him? He's having fun with Yeah, I see him back there. <laughs> <laughs> he, likes to get, he likes to get a biscuit and have fun while we're on air. And as you can see, there's the icon, Fat Dave. Dave, give it a wave, love. Oh, he's looking at the camera. And, uh, oh, and, and, I, and I can now smell something burning because it's a live show. Uh, I'll just turn it off. And, and I, just, I just posted you a picture of a really nice uh, loaf of bread this morning, didn't I, Tim? I know. I asked her to email one over here because it looked pretty good. It's sour cherry, so it's got quercetin in it, and walnuts for magnesium, and it is spelt and buckwheat. So uh, really, really nice. And I've got some walnuts, um, walnut spread to put on it. I just had a big flurry around the kitchen before I came on. So last night we, we were at a place. What was wonderful, I met a physics and chemistry teacher. And he was telling me he's teaching at a, a school that they've set up. But they can't call it a school anymore because very soon they've changed the rules. We have this thing called Ofsted. Everyone has to be, which is part of the government, has to be passed by Ofsted. And so they're, they're, what they're doing is closing down all these free schools that people are opening. Um, if, and uh, they said they'd had Ofsted going to their school and trying to get in and they wouldn't let them in. So they can't call it a school anymore. Um, this is, um, you know, this is a tightening, a, a tightening of a noose in every single area. Uh, we've seen that lady called Elizabeth. I don't know what her name, real name is. Anyway, died this week. I don't have a queen. Um, anyway, we've seen her die this week and we're now told, I think the funeral is going to cost billions. And public holidays, you know, people that are independent, uh, sole traders, people that work for themselves, to have all these days from work is very costly for them um, when people are already struggling. We've seen uh, Liz Truss, uh, who is part of the World Economic Forum, uh, be the new prime minister. and. She said that she was going to freeze uh, the energy prices, which is really nice of her because they've just hiked them right up. I think it's something like 214%. Um, so she's going to freeze them for a couple of years and she's done it. That means it's already frozen at that high level. People can't afford it. 
Um, I think it's something like 70% of the business is the pubs and the restaurants. Brits love their pubs. Um, are, are saying that they're going to have to close because they won't be able to pay these huge energy bills. And, um, you know, think about all our young students that are um, in their second, third years of university that are living in flats where they're paying their bills. They're not going to be able to afford it. So this has all been going on. And then we hear that um, Charles is now king. And, um, you know, this is the man who a, appalling track record, appalling of um, a monarch and the way he behaved and the things that came out and his own private life. And, uh, you know, these are the very people that talk to us about climate change. What a lie. You know, global warming and all this net, net zero, it's all a lie. And Piers Corbyn is the best one to talk about that. I'm going to ask him actually to come on the show because he is a physicist and he's, um, his expertise is in weather. And he explained it very simply to everybody last night in about 15 minutes flat. And so we've got, we've got old Charles there telling us what to do when his own kids fly around on private jets and his own son telling us how many children we should have. And then he goes and has a third. And yet people are, are out weeping about this. Even people that are so-called against you know, the lockdowns and against everything that's going on in the World Economic Forum, they're all this patriotism to, to it. Um, I'm patriotic to my country, but when I see all of these, um, you know, like the royal family with their three children heading off to the first day of school at a £50,000, I think it's a term for the three kids, whatever, it's a lot of money. And yet there's families who can't even feed their children yeah. because of what's happened over the last couple of years. It's downright vulgar. Kate, it's, can I chime in there just a second? Yeah. You were right in saying, you know, you're patriotic towards your country. You're wanting to uphold the law. That's, that's, the, that's the part where you're patriotic about it. You love your country that you live in. You want to uphold the law. These people doing this aren't engaged in patriotism. They're engaged in worship. And people need to understand that. This is the part where, you know, I draw... Revelation 13, everybody wants to go, oh, you get this thing in your hand, and you're doing all this. It's like, wait a minute, guys. Is that what the mark of God is on the people? No, it's a spiritual mark. It's evidenced by what you're doing, and either you're going to worship God and obey His laws, or you're going to worship man, and you're going to obey His laws. And I think that's the thing, Kate. The people have been sucked into that, and they they worship the figurehead they worship, which look when we go to scripture, almost in all cases, almost in all cases, when you find, especially outside of a uh, of a believing covenant people, uh, and even with them, you'll see it too. Um, you'll find the people will worship that man, and behind that man is a demon. Uh, we'll see that with Daniel when he talks about I had to fight the prince of Persia. Um, and, and coming to you to deliver this message. We find that uh, Lucifer was behind, what was it, uh, the king of, of Babel, uh, Babylon, excuse me, uh, there in Isaiah 11, where, he, where he's addressed as Lucifer, son of the morning. Uh, God is talking to the power behind the king, and oftentimes that is a demon, or in some cases, Satan himself. Yeah, we, you know, we, a long time ago in history, if one can believe history, um, you know, people, um, they used to begone their pilgrimage uh, and, they, and they would be robbed. And so a very famous knight came along and vowed to protect them. And then it grew. And then that's basically the knights, the, 
Knights of Templar. And, um, and then people would then leave their money and their belongings with them. And that was then, I think that was um, s- stolen or all, all borrowed and not paid back by another King Charles. And then the, apparently the Knights of Templar were all disbanded. It's really interesting history because that's where our Red Cross comes from that you see on the English flag, flag and the Union Jack. It's all very, very interesting. And um, y- y- when you start to look back and look at it all and, and how all these monarchs have come through. But, you know, I keep going back to this. I see people worrying about their bills, paying all this tax. And regardless, these people are very wealthy in their own right with limited companies. And, but they're going to Balmoral and all they're having a lovely time and a jolly with all these. And everyone's talking about how much their dresses cost. Um, it's downright vulgar. It's just vulgar. I don't understand how people are saying, oh, um, and, you know, look at it. Isn't it wonderful? What, can, people say, well, they bring tourists into the country. Do they? Why, why don't we just have the palaces? Do we need them? I just don't like, regardless of what wealth they've got in their own right, I just don't like uh, this idolatry. It's all wrong on every front. And when I see so much suffering, I, I have to say, in, in all my years, I would have never have thought it possible to see so many people um, creating jokes and bad memes about someone dying. It, it, um, you know, whether you consider it crass or bad taste, whatever your, your bag is. Or telling um, the truth. Yeah, but I never would have believed that people, there would be a time when that would just be done everywhere. Now, we've got Charles up there, and there are very, very, very famous photographs. And I remember as a young, young girl, a, a teenager, as I've said before on this show, seeing images on newspapers and in the news of Jimmy Savile driving his Rolls Royce into Buckingham Palace. He would have been bet- vetted. Of course he would have been. They would have known exactly who he is. They did know who he is. Um, big pals with Prince Charles. And I think it was Edwina Curry who gave him the keys um, to a particular hospital so he could move wherever he wanted. And um, uh, we, we know from testimonies of, you know, even, even in the hospitals, in the mortuaries, um, I'm not going to say any more about that other than rectums, orifices and everything else um, and dead bodies. But this was somebody, and it all came out later, who was a close friend of the royals, Jimmy Savile. And, and yet here we are. Do, do we just get that, you know, that saying, you're judged by those you hang with. I don't have friends that are like that. Well, that's what I was going to say. There's an old saying that, that you show me your friends, I'll show you who you are. Exactly. Yep. And uh, yeah, and that's the same with people that have addictions. Drinkers hang out with drinkers because it reinforces their negative behavior. Um, so are we supposed to just forget that? And the, the photograph that's going round, uh, it's always gone round, of Jimmy Savile, Prince Charles, and the gentleman who... Um, was alleged shot all the children um, up in Scotland, Dunblane, um, that I believe Andy Murray was actually one of those kids that survived that. Andy Murray, the tennis player, was one of the children that survived that. So this, are we supposed to all just forget that? I think we are. We're supposed to, we'll all have amnesia. I am just absolutely revolted and yeah. disgusted. Look at, look at what Charles has already uh, done. 
He's already uh, helped to pay his brother Andrew's multi-million dollar sex suit settlement. That was that came out earlier this year. Uh, well, so they're they're we, they're we, trying we, to cover we, up their own family dirty laundries. What they're trying to do. So so you know Andrew doesn't get arrested and questioned um, at all. It, the girl just gets paid off, and no one can blame her for accepting the money. She's just a young woman who. You know, for all intents and purposes, going public, it could have completely ruined her life. We don't, because that's going to be with her and she, that's going to be ahead of her all the time. Wherever she goes in life, it's going to be there. And, and also there'll be that, that aspersion cast upon him because sadly the public will judge you. Whether it's, whether, you know, what you've done is lawful or unlawful. Look at O.J. Simpson. When he, regardless of whether he was guilty or not guilty, he was, you know, racing down the road in his white Bronco when the police wanted to speak to him, speeding along. And people were cheering him on and and saying, good, if he did kill his wife, they were happy. So it wasn't whether it was lawful or unlawful. It was about how popular you are, what your popularity is at that time. It's, it, it really is a total inversion of, of what is what is right, what is wrong. I um, this week I also interviewed. Just going on, I interviewed um, Doctor um, Doctor Gill, and he did the documentary, the Great NHS Heist. We have our NHS, the National Harm Service. Actually, it's called the National Health Service, but and um, a lot of it started to be sold off in the eighties, and it's appalling it it doesn't it's not emulated by any other country but um there was something passed in parliament it's it's gone folks uh they're going to be closing all the um emergency centers they're going to be getting rid of your general practitioners your doctors if you can get in to see one anyway but all that's going and it's going to be pretty much like the american system and um you know, whether people think, oh, well, that's OK, that's going to leave lots of people with no health care who are sick because we know they've all had the Depop shot and because they're being poisoned with poisoned food, poison air, poison water. And then you're geoengineering on top of it. And that's before we even get on to their COVID shots. So there, there's not going to be the health care that they need. And, you know, the, it, it's it's a big divide. People, I, you know, where I live, they don't they don't really care because they have money. They're going to, going to have a dent, but they're going to survive it. I met a gentleman on the forest who, very educated gentleman, and um, what he does, and he was saying that, you know, NASA had just looked at his LinkedIn, so that's how what he does is without giving too much away. But he actually said to me, very educated, but he'd had three injections, but didn't know what was in it. But he also said, there's too many of us on this earth, too many of us, which is utter nonsense we're just all concentrated i think pierce pierce corbin put it beautifully last night and said something about you know with the oceans and the land that's there you could we could have 300 percent more of us and there'd still be room um so you've got people peddling this and i said to this man on the forest well who shall we kill who, who, who's got to die first then if there's too many of us and do they think that far do they take it that far when they make these sweeping statements? And of course, that is what Charles is saying now, publicly talking about, you know, we've got to do something about the populations. Well, let's let's let him lead the way by example. You off yourself first, and the rest of us will just look at your family and go, okay, who's next in line? 
Are you gonna are you gonna spill this? Then you off yourself first until we get rid of all of you, and then the rest of us can live in peace. <laughs> yeah, and so I think we we did have a period of time where we had all this chaos in history, and that was in um, with the Third Reich. All this chaos, and then out of the chaos came their order, and it is pretty chaotic. And um, I, I spoke to my mum this morning. My mum in Australia, and she's you know heading for eighty, and I got a bit short because she's just you know, tick-tocking along, talking about the usual stuff, family, old neighbours. And, of course, I'm a million miles speed going on. And um, I went, I don't know. I'm not interested in these things right now. There's all this going on. And, and after I came off the phone, I thought, I must ring her back tonight because, really, we, um, as we've talked about on the show, you know, the 93% of the function of our DNA is light and sound transmission. And what is the biggest conductor? Water. So forget all your pharmaceutical drugs. Whatever they do by binding to receptors and blocking enzymes, like, like we talked about with the anti-inflammatories, you know, they block the pathway for the enzyme, the COX-1, COX-2 pathway, to stop your prostaglandins. Well, they cause then a whole host of problems because prostaglandins have got a lot of jobs. So regardless of that they can do that, nothing can do it the way the Lord made us, which is you know, 10 layers of water on the top of our protein, our enzyme, everything. Nothing can do it that way. So I think we do have to take our minds out of it because if, if 93% of our DNA is for light and sound transmission, reception and transmission, what goes up and comes down, we, we, we really should be stopping engaging with this now. We should just be getting on and doing what we're doing and living the way we can live because there is an awful lot of us and, you know, reading, I was reading something about in Australia with the quarantine camps and the UN, something's been signed so the, war, the UN are allowed to go in and check there's no torture going on. Um, when you keep immersing yourself in all that, it's just like looking into the abyss. So I'm not engaging with the um, royal family or the funeral or anything else. It has absolutely, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to get on and carry on doing what I do. Um, I'm just going to just live my way, live my way that I can. And last night it was a great privilege to go and speak to lots of people who were, um, you know, there was a, a young couple there who had six children, really hardworking, and they're building their own house. And he bought land as soon as it things started to get a bit shaky. And I was talking to them, are they going to have more children? And they, you know, he would like some more children. And you know, we celebrated that there. Have, have, when you're young like that, have children because they're the future. Amen. That's right. Amen. And the, the, you know, these schools that are popping up and the people growing all their own food and getting their polytunnels, I think we've just got to get out of that. And of course, um, somebody we know that's um, built a whole system using crypto and um, a new system that's being launched. I'm part of that. And I don't mind saying on here, um, I'm very blessed. I had a meeting last week with um, a gentleman who's very, very wealthy businessman, very, very famous, and they make a lot of natural products. And he's coming over from India, wants me to go and meet him and his brother in Belgravia, which I am doing for dinner. And they want to fly me to India. And um, they want to set the date for me to go to India. So that's what we're doing next week. And this man has used his incredible wealth and incredible success to build schools 
around India, not government schools, not with the government in putting the teachers in. This is for all the poor children and they provide them with their food. And I just, so I, I'm actually going out there and he's going to take me around the schools. I'm their guest. And also um, to help them develop their products that they've got to make them even cleaner. So everything from your head to your foot that you'll need, um, all clean. So this is, you know, all of these things are coming out of, of staying out of that system and just... Well, these, <clears throat> like we've talked about, these are silver linings in the midst of all this COVID nonsense that's went on, uh, is that people are becoming more aware of their health. They're becoming more aware of the sorcery industry, uh, known as the medical industry, a lot of things that's, that's in that, and the big pharma uh, situation and stuff like that. But you've also got something else, and let's get this one, let's tackle this one just really quickly before we get into how we're going to break habits, because we're, we're definitely going to have to go over. We've got 20 minutes here. Uh, but uh, you got an email this week from a lady at Untold Studios, and here's, I want, I'm going to read this. I'm going to let you respond to it because Kate was just like, yeah, I said it and I'm going to stick. I'm, you know, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. That's the, that's the old line. In the interest of fairness and that they're bringing up your oh, son. I didn't get an email, Tim. They, they sent the email later. I got a letter ah. delivered to my door by a courier on a motorbike <laughs> at 8.30 in the evening. They rang my doorbell. And there it was. So so they want to use your son against you. They keep on dragging that thing. They keep on to drag him up here and all this stuff. And um, he's talking about growing up with a mom who believes in conspiracy theories. These are her words, not 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 yet yours. Uh, subsequently lead you or led you to actively promoting these theories on social media. I mean, has the has this woman not been paying attention to what the BBC isn't saying is you've not been looking at the documents, even coming out of the UK government, they're indicating that all the stuff every step of the way that you've said for nearly three years now uh, has been, is coming, up, coming to pass. So she writes, in the interest of fairness and accuracy, we're writing to give you the opportunity to respond to the significant allegations that have been raised. We should be grateful if you would respond to these matters. I, I think you've already responded to them plenty of times, but by the way, of a brief written statement for broadcast to be received no later than da-da-da-da-da. And so here's, their, here's the three things they want her to respond to. That you were one of the UK's biggest conspiracy theorists and the UK's biggest COVID uh, conspiracy theorist. You have a big following on social media and that in your son's view, your conspiracy theories have been damaging to society. Uh, number two, we make it clear in the programs that we were ha that there were happy moments in his childhood. However, he was told various conspiracy theories, for example, that the ruling elite are covertly running our lives, which in later life he questioned, and then he experienced fear from the stories you told him as a child, which led him to believe that they were political enemies of the state. Okay, and that third, that he has a dysfunctional relationship with you. And that these extreme theories and views have contributed to family issues and that he is estranged from you. And you go, I stand by everything uh, that I have stated in relation to COVID-19 uh, planned agenda, including the lethal COVID-19 technology, uh, technology uh, injections now confirmed by the official government figures from the yellow card reporting system and the USA. There's everything that I have stated on the dangers posed by this experimental technology injection is proven to be correct. And that's exactly right. In fact, it's kind of interesting. I don't know if if you got the same outfit on there you had when you went it might it's still probably a little different, but 
it's very yeah it was very similar because i remember it and i i just thought she's just she's laughing uh, is kind of giggling and smiling and stuff when you were doing your live stream there almost like i'm fixing to get in trouble this is going to be huge but you had no idea how it was going to blow up yeah and that so that they delivered that to me and um you know i'm not going to talk about my son the silly woman um you know my son was here last summer to introduce me to his new girlfriend he brought her to meet me and also um you know i as in all those books i didn't know anything about all of this stuff because I was too busy bringing a family up, but their dad did. Thank goodness he did. And their dad had such a fabulous book collection. And I used to read them when I was doing all my coffee enemas when I had cancer. And I used to actually say to their dad, don't say it to the children. It's nonsense. And what's really sad um, is uh, Majid Nawaz interviewed my son and he wanted me to know that, you know, he did try to talk him out of doing that interview because of course, since then Majid's been sacked and Majid is, is very much anti what's going on and regrets, you know, having the shot. So, but it's interesting. My son still has that interview as his pinned tweet on Twitter. Um, I think for whatever reason, um, for whatever reason, my son's doing it, um, it. There's only one thing worse than being talked about, and it's not being talked about, Oscar Wilde. And right now, that notoriety is let them keep doing it because everyone's going to then watch it and it's i think it's channel four but they're going to watch it so when i bring my book out which is really nothing to do with that it's to do with you know my my upbringing as a child lots of childhood photographs in it my marriage and it starts my book starts with the very day that i'm diagnosed that's the first sentence in my book is is the day i'm diagnosed with cancer and then i take my readers backwards and then the second part of the book there's lots and lots of photos going to be in the middle private photographs, goes on to, um, you know, why, why I got cancer and what I did about it and integrate depths with a whole reference section so that people can go and I've made it easy so they can go and look up how to do it. Um, great. Let them do this. Let them keep my name and my face and my voice alight because it um, doesn't matter whether they love you or they hate you. They will go and look. They will go and look at whatever I talk All about. All publicity now. is good publicity. Yes, look what Elvis did. Uh, Wes was telling me this as well. Um, you know, they they had badges printed that said "I hate Elvis," and all the 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 people that hated him bought the badges. But it was actually Elvis himself that got the money from that because it was part of his team that made the badges. So I, I don't have a problem, and it's the same as. Um, you know, what we're going to be working on, um, everything that's cosmetic, makeup, um, toiletries, supplements, and how clean they are. And it's going to be, um, I'm going to be working with them in packs. And also um, down the line, it will be products with my name on them. And always what I wanted. And uh, so, so good. Let them keep my name alive. That's absolutely fine. It's sad that they don't go after... They don't go after um, anyone else, do they? What about when Prince Charles had his, his squidgy gate affair with Camilla, who's now his wife, which was appalling. You know, he was married to the mother of his children, Princess Diana. Uh, did we go and interview uh, his children later in life about, did they see anything? No. Did anybody interview anyone 
around Princess Diana? No, they, you know, why, why they feel the need? Is it because I'm an easy target or is it because it's clickbait? I have been told it's clickbait. Um, you know, they see my face and everything. So they'll go and look at it and people love a bit of gossip. They love gossip, but it's a shame because he is my son and I'm not going to say anything about him. He's a very um, gifted young man and he will regret this. It's really sad uh, that they'll use my son. He's the victim in it, not me. He can't see that yet because he's, he's only 23, but he's the victim in all of this, not me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just I wanted people to know they, they're still coming after you after all this time, even after all the information's out. And I, I, I just there's there. I know that the people by the numbers that have been out in the streets, Kate, the, the people know they're being lied to. Now, whether they succumb to that and whether they do it for their job, going on vacation or whatever the case may be, they're going to take a shot or put a mask on. They at least they're doing it with their eyes wide open if they do it. Uh, because they've seen the numbers, they're they're starting to go outside of the Mockingbird media, and they have it over there too. They're starting to go outside of that. They're starting to go to to people like yourself, uh, other people that we've had on the show, um, our show. Uh, you've indicated, you know, there's a lot of people overseas that you've heard from who I think the gentleman that you're going to meet in India even has watched the show. So I, I'm kind of blown away at the reach that God has given us in that. But people are going to other outlets to say, hey, I'm not being told the truth over here. Are you going to tell me the truth? And they're, they're getting their information and they're starting to dig it out themselves, which is what they're supposed to do. You know, even Scripture tells us, God tells the man of God that he's to study to show himself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed. And so... Uh, that happens in all of these other areas too, not just in the Word of God, but in in the health matters and what they're putting out and the numbers. All that stuff comes out because you got to get to the truth of because they're obviously going to pitch you a lie in order to sell you something. Absolutely, and uh, just this week alone, I had a lawyer contact me who cured his own cancer in the UK, and he's written a book. And hopefully, I'm going to bring him on the show. Uh, the um, I think it's the angel's advocate or, or advocate of the angels. Some, one way, uh, please forgive me if you're seeing this. Um, but uh, he contacted me and we're going to have a chat. And then a, a psychiatrist from the NHS, another wonderful gentleman who saw the whole lie and sees the lie in pharmaceutical drugs. Do you know a lot of antidepressants weren't even proven to work? And yet they rolled them out knowing that they increased the risk of suicide. And this wonderful psychiatrist has left the NHS. He's set up privately. And he contacted me to ask, you know, could we do some collaboration? Well, I'm all for that. I'm a little bit blown away. You know, I'm just this humble nurse um, and I, um, with a, a little diploma in personal nutrition. But now, you know, to hear a doctor wants to collaborate and, and, and a lawyer and, and it's, you know, it, it, I, I feel a bit sort of humbled by that. I think, gosh, they're coming to me, you know, as opposed to whereas I would be seeking them out and uh, hopefully coming all, all coming on the show. And, um, you know, going back to the, the people in India, the, the gentleman and who it is, I, I had to contain myself when I got off that Zoom call. And um, I was a bit shell shocked that I'd actually sat in front of this man chatting for almost two, over two hours, I think it was. And then for him to invite me to his family home for dinner. 
I, w- I was so shocked and, and had a little bit of my imposter syndrome. But all of this is, is for, for good. Now, the top three causes, it's the same in America as we've discussed lots, um, are heart disease, cancer, but for death, uh, and prescription medication. And when you look at anti-inflammatories, you have a 400% plus chance of being admitted to hospital if you're on anti-inflammatories. And that's not including the -the over-the-counter ones. And they're the most prescribed drug, anti-inflammatories. And even when you start to look at osteoporosis, the lie that is the osteoporosis drugs, they look at the bone density of 25-year-olds to set that bar. So they get women and men in their 50s and say, you've got osteoporosis, when they don't have at all. Um, and they give them these drugs, the calcium drugs, which, which don't go into the bones. They go into the soft tissue. They go on the outside of the bones and make bony spurs, which is catastrophic for your spine. So they, they do all of these things, but actually they're not required. Oh, you're, going, you're at risk of having a fracture. Well, so is a young person if you fall hard enough. As, as a child, I, I broke my arm. I broke my leg. I got run over. I broke my uh, maxilla. I broke my think finger. I've broken my foot in my um, late 20s. Just with my own body weight going sideways on my foot, I, I fractured my tarsal, a piece of it clean off. I think I'd had a couple of tiger beers the night before, and I'm not really that good at drinking. So, but this is the lie that is pharmaceuticals. They're not actually telling people this is how you guard your bone health and, it, and it's it's about it's about diet and one of the leading on to the things you know one of the things um people drinking carbonated drinks all the time sugary drinks making you very acidic and what do they tell you to do as well um drink lots of milk and calcium which makes you acidic so your body then has to pull calcium from your bones and your teeth to bring you back to nice homeostasis and it doesn't go back in when it's done its job. It's shocking. So this is all just witchcraft and sorcery. It's all a massive, huge lie. That's exactly what it is. And people are, it's quite an extraordinary time in history. People are beginning to see that it's a lie, that they have been lied to. I mean, we saw now there, oh, there's a big outbreak of polio. Uh, And of course, polio was never isolated. It's like they're, they're coming at you from every direction because they're trying to confuse you. So you accept all this. You don't know which way to turn. You don't know who to trust. Trust yourself. Trust scripture. Get out there and do what you're meant to do. Um, one of the things that we, we've seen, which has gone on for years, really, and got younger and younger, is, is the abuse of alcohol. And alcohol is very cheap. And they've con- they continued during the, the unlawful lockup to sell it. And I see people, uh, young people, drinking alcohol. And it's not that they go and have a glass of wine with dinner. It's not a social thing. It's they, they will go out deliberately to get drunk. That's their one motive is to get drunk. And this uh, causes, causes chaos because people fight. Um, people will uh, get ill they'll fall over in front of cars or they'll get in the car i saw a very drunk lady last week in the day uh, she fell over outside coming out of a supermarket and she had a set of car keys in her hand but couldn't remember where her car was so it's it's a very um it's a tricky thing of knowing your personal limit and of course people don't acknowledge that they have 
a drink problem. And they're seeing people, young teenagers who are alcoholics with liver damage now. And, you, you know, your liver will is, one, is the organ that regenerates if you take that burden off it. So it's not just a case of you're going out to get drunk either. It's, it's what is it that's making you have these addictions, these habits? And right down to, you know, with, with people that you'll try, I, I know because I, some of my programs are to help people give up smoking. And one of the things they'll say is, I don't know what to do with my hand. I don't know what to do with my hand when I'm out. So it's a thing about they're used to having a cigarette in a hand and a glass in another hand. They can't stand with nothing in their hands. Um, that, um, you know, once, once you, at the end of the day, they'll come in from work and it becomes habitual to pour themselves a glass of wine. So, and then that becomes one, then it becomes two. Yeah. And then it's a half bottle. Then it becomes a bottle of wine every night. And this is what people are doing. Sure. And they don't, they don't see that as being uh, an alcoholic. So just going through. Kate, before, gonna... you, before you do that, uh, you know, I had, I played the other day and I was kind of joking uh, that this is uh, uh, Paul and Nancy Pelosi. But, oh, oh my gosh, that woman. <laughs> yeah, but, but, what, but what was interesting was I was explaining this, and if I can just touch on that just a second before you bring this up, this, is, this was the, the video, and it kind of looks like them. I don't think it is. I kind of did that as thing. But these, this, this couple is so drunk. Watch, I mean, she can't even get up the first couple of stairs. She's just kind of stopped, and it's a wonder he doesn't take oh. her out in the fall. Yep. Um, and then she just continues to stand there, and it's, and, you know, I, I, I use this because I was talking about how God puts the nations in a, in their leaders in a, or their representatives and their kings and such in a drunken stupor when they're under judgment, Job 12. That's what we were reading from. And, you know, the, it's not that the Bible was against celebration. It wasn't against alcohol. That's not what it was, but it is against drunkenness. And how does it lay that out? Well, the slurring of the speech. The guys don't want to work. They become lazy. Uh, there is um, the this, this staggering around. It's this, it's this thing to where they just obliterate themselves, and that's, that's a huge problem. But th I'm just kind of showing this video because, you know, they can't even get up the steps. You know, last... Um Last week I was at the hairdressers and the lady who was in the next chair to me with, with very lovely hair and we were talking about hair and she was going to a funeral um, the next day of her friend who was in her early 60s who fell down the stairs and died. And she said I'd fallen down the she The reason she'd come to the hairdressers was she'd broken her shoulder because she'd fallen down the stairs. And the reason I gasped when I watched that was my own brother-in-law when he was 34 years old. And he hadn't been drinking. There wasn't alcohol in his system. I think he'd had one beer, but he'd, he, it was a Sunday evening. He, I think it was a Sunday evening. He fell down the stairs, age 34, with four young children and had one uh, bump on the back of his head and his brain had bounced backwards and forwards and he'd got a contracure injury to the front of his brain and he died 10 days later. Wow. He never regained consciousness. So that left my stepsister with uh, four young children. Wow. He was running his own business, 34. It was horrific, uh, absolutely horrific um, to watch his decline. They removed the frontal part of his brain. Now, what, what we did at that time was we looked at how many people died from falling down the stairs. So this was when I was 34 as well. And it was something like um, 3,000 people a year in the UK died 
from falling down the stairs. When I worked in the emergency room, um, it used to be that, you know, you could send people home just because they were drunk, but then that all changed. We weren't allowed to send them home until they were sober. So you had all these people at the weekends. I used to do Friday and Saturday nights, six o'clock till two o'clock in the morning. Um, and <laughs> graveyard shift. And they would all be drunk on the trolleys. And then when they were really unconscious, we had to make sure they were on their side because somebody died in a cubicle on a trolley because they vomited and aspirated. So the trolleys had to be slightly tilted. This is all because of alcohol. And then all the fights would come in and the stabbings. And there was a lady when I was um, working in Glasgow, one New Year's Eve, she was so drunk. Um, she'd got a huge facial injury. And there was a party in the house and she'd come into the emergency room the next day um, where she'd gone to bed, very drunk, wasn't even aware that she had this huge facial injury that needed to be sutured. She needed x-rays. She had to be admitted. But what was really sad was her husband was in the bed next to her and he'd been stabbed in the chest and bled to death. And they didn't, she didn't know because she was so drunk. Wow. So that was in Glasgow. And, uh, um, you know, there'd been a party. So he'd been stabbed and gone to bed and bled next to her to death. And she didn't know um, and didn't know she'd got this injury. So this, you know, alcohol, when you get like that, it, it's horrific. And um, it's a very slippery slope. So let, let's just look at this. The first stage of alcohol, is the period of time when you drink a large quantity of alcohol without becoming intoxicated, you don't get drunk. Everyone knows me. I can have one drink and I'll be literally so drunk. I can't even feel my teeth. That's why I can't do it. I'm not good. Um, uh, this period is when you'll appear to be le less likely to have a drinking problem uh, than someone who has half a bottle of wine most evenings or an, uh, or an alcohol abuser. While drinking, you're more sociable, more comfortable, more confident. Um, and it's difficult at this stage to recognize that alcohol might be a problem because you can hold your liquor. So, it, uh, you know, there might be people with you who can't hold their liquor, but they don't have a drink problem. But you're looking like you can. It's a very, very slippery slope. The body, however, is changing and adapting to this amount of alcohol that you're having. And tolerance is developing even without outward signs. The middle stage, tolerance becomes dependence. Your tolerance of alcohol becomes a dependence on alcohol. And that want becomes a need. And I think we've all in life seen people like that. They've got to get a drink. And they're really agitated. Once they have a drink, they relax. And as the cells in the brain change to tolerate large quantities of alcohol, so the need for alcohol increases. And as this happens, the person is less and less in control of their drinking or their behavior. And that increasing loss of control and over-frequency of drinking over behavior while drinking and over the ability to stop drinking. And we've seen that with people. Um, the, the last stage, the chronic stage of alcohol dependence is marked by deterioration, deterioration in their physical appearance. You know, they're not looking after themselves. They're not eating properly. They're not looking after their uh, cleanliness. They might have lost their job by now. Yep. Their house might have gone to rack and ruin. Their relationships may have broken down. Kate, hang, hang on to that thought. we got to close out here a second. We're going to continue, you guys, on Red State Talk Radio. Uh, we're going to continue with Kate. She's going to give us some tips on cutting out those bad habits. And I'm going to give you the scripture for it right, right when we come back. Join us, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. today for two hours. 
Get with the people of God, read the Word of God, and we'll see you again on Monday morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. You're exactly right, Kate. In fact, I, I can think of a number of scriptures. I didn't bring them up because you mentioned specifically smoking, but um, you know, we there's a number of scriptures where it, it talks about uh, the these kinds of things that I was talking about, where God, you know, he he lists drunkards among those who are will find themselves in you know departed from him under his wrath uh and so they're because they become idolaters that's what they become and one of the things that i think of is in setting this up because you're going to give us some of the remedy here well what does what does the book of romans tell us well if we go over here to uh romans chapter 13 one of the things that we read here is and at that time and at that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. And Paul's talking about there in the first century. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Now he goes on in chapter fourteen, which we'll go, which we come over here, and he starts speaking to the fact that there is liberty in food and there's liberty in drink, but you don't have the 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 right to impose that on a weaker brother who may have a, a tender conscience towards those and say, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to eat that or I'm not going to drink that. You want to strengthen them, but you don't want to break their conscience in that. And you don't want them to violate that because that's not a safe thing to do. Uh, but you teach them in the Lord. You teach them to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that and this is exactly what he's encouraging. And I think when we're when we're talking about trying to help people who have uh, habits and dependencies and they literally go into sin because they, again, they become idolaters. They become violators of God's law, and we want to help them repent. Look, this is part of how you do that. This is what repentance looks like. And people say, oh, well, the Holy Spirit's going to lead you in that. Well, he's going to lead you in it. But look at what happened when the men came to John the Baptist. The, the soldiers going, he says, bring forth fruits of repentance. And they ask him, well, what do I, what do, I do? And he looks at the soldier and he says, you be content with your wages. Don't, don't harm any man. Uh, you know, he looks at another person and he'll say, you do this and you don't do that. And so if people want to know what it is, what do I do? Well, one, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is it's going to be practical and it's going to be different for every person. And there are practical implications of the fruit of repentance that comes out of people. So, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there because we had to close out, but go ahead and finish your thought that you were given there. Yeah, the chronic stage, and, and I think we should all be careful here because the chronic stage of alcohol dependence is marked by deterioration in your physical appearance. Are you becoming unkempt? Um, you know, is your, is your living accommodation unkempt? Have you lost your job? Um, these people are often erratic. You know, they'll be contacting you all hours of the, the night. Um, but the main deterioration is physical and all body systems are affected. Complications such as liver damage, malnutrition, severe brain impairment. There's a thing called Korsakoff psychosis where much later on, it's literally like pickling of the brain. And you see that uh, in, in a lot of the old psychiatric hospitals is when I did, was doing my nurse training. I came across the Korsakoff psychosis. The tolerance for alcohol is nearly non-existence, non-existent. And the loss of control becomes more and more dramatic for those around ending in more and more serious consequences. 
physical, physiological and social disruptions become severe and life becomes unmanageable. And at this point, your alcoholism is recognizable. And that's for everyone around you. And, you know, there are a lot of stop gaps. They, there's a drug that they'll give these patients that if they have alcohol, they'll be really sick. There's also, um, there's a thing now that I, I don't know how it works. They put it in your car and your car won't start if you've had alcohol. But, you know, alcoholics are, they'll become very, sadly, it's the nature of the beast. You know, they, they, they become liars. They become devious. And, you know, one, one um, person that we know that has a drink um, got into the Toyota car first and started the car, then drank once in the car so that they could drive their car after they'd had alcohol. Um, also, I remember, um, I remember in my life, somebody that I knew very well, whose partner was an alcoholic, used to tape bottles of vodka um, on the inside of the cupboards uh, so that it would be, you know, there would be, you, you could open the cupboard doors, but they were here, behind, so behind, and they would be taped to the wall and she would check the entire house everywhere couldn't find alcohol and couldn't understand how her partner was drunk so they you know it, it's an addiction so to them they've got to have it they've got to have it and they'll get it any way they can and sadly um like any addictions with young people and we see that people that have drug addictions will turn to prostitution to fund their habit and often that drug and alcohol abuse uh, will go hand in hand. So it's very, very sad. So if you do see um, someone that you know, that you're concerned about them, um, the first thing, of course, is to speak to them. Speak to them first. None of us want people going behind our backs discussing us. It's wrong. Speak to them first. Um, If they're not going to engage with you, then, then you would approach their family and friends, loved ones around them, close around them. Um, I never think it's a good idea to just go above all of that straight away and start telling, you know, the social care people and everyone else first, because when everyone gets involved, then it can often spiral because they're completely out of control. And a lot of people that drink are drinking alcohol to um, as an escapism. They're drinking to forget. And that's why we're seeing a lot more alcohol abuse now, because people are worried. They're worried about losing their jobs. They're worried about what's going on in the world. So they're drinking. They're drinking more. Um, There's, uh, you know, lots of ways that you can do it. There's lots of the wonderful book that and I had the pleasure of meeting this gentleman um, on one of the rallies, Patrick, uh, Patrick Holford. And I've recommended his books before. But his books are wonderful, giving you lots of guidance on what to do. Now, the one thing about alcoholics is they, they don't sleep. When you have lots of alcohol, we've all done it in our younger days. That's not a natural sleep that you're having. It's not at all. That's why when you wake up, you feel ghastly. You feel really tired as well as you've been poisoned. It's not a real sleep. I'll tell you what happened to me. Sorry. Sorry. I was pulling something up while you were speaking. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. So uh, these, you know, one of the things is that is is to get their nutrition amino acids, 5-HTP into them. If they want to engage, getting them um, a good night's sleep. Um, Many of those with a higher alcohol intake, they're deficient actually in omega-3 fatty acids. So it's about supplementing those, the cravings. So there's, there's lots that you can do. Don't, don't try and do it on your own by just 
you know, treating them like children, treating your loved ones like children, or even if it's yourself that's got um, an alcohol problem and you're finding it very difficult, you might wake up in the morning and go, today, I'm not going to have a drink. But by the time you get to the evening, that craving kicks in and you just can't say no. And we do all have degrees, varying degrees of willpower and what's at stake. Um, When I was in my early 20s, my neighbor, who I saw a lot of, she was much older than me. She was in her 60s. Her husband was an alcoholic. Uh, No, sorry, she was uh, in her, yeah, in her late 60s. And her husband had, she'd left him in the end and he'd lost all his business. And he ended up, he died of an aneurysm in her flat, but he would go and we, we call them benders. And that whole family was tarnished. And then her own daughter, who married a lawyer, had two beautiful boys, she became an alcoholic. And people said, well, is it, is it genetic? I don't believe it's genetic. No, it's not. There's a predisposition for a weak, you know, our personalities. But is that predisposition to be, have a weakness towards things because of actually what we see in our own homes? If we, you know, my dad used to take me on a fishing trip with him for the week and we used to stop at the shop and he'd give me, um, you know, a whole pound note, which was a lot of money in those days, and tell me to go in and get all different chocolate bars because he was a big chocoholic and he loved cakes and he then became diabetic and he died of cancer and he was a smoker. But we were like that. My sisters and I were very like that because that's what we'd grown up with, being given lots of, you know, chocolate. And um, you have to break that cycle. You have to absolutely break it. So if, I think if, if our children, I, I never saw my parents drink, my, maybe a, a sherry at Christmas, wasn't something I saw my parents do. I wasn't brought up around alcohol. But children now, I, I never saw my parents drunk. I've never seen my parents drunk, ever. But people are, um, the children now will freely talk about how they, they've seen their um, parents drunk or their older siblings. I remember um, a, a guy that I knew a few years, not long ago, actually, I still know him. I hope he's not watching. But his daughter said, and she was only young, young, I think she was under 10 years old. She remembered her father being so drunk, he couldn't come down the stairs. He had to come down on his chest. I mean, that is shocking. Wow. For your child yeah. to see you like that. Absolutely appalling. Because they're learning boundaries here. Yeah. They're learning what is acceptable. Well, I think so- that's, yeah, I think that's exactly what, you know, I was getting at when I was reading that passage out of Romans. You know, we talk about, um, we go back to the Old Testament, we read Deuteronomy 6, mom and dad are mainly the charges to dads uh, to teach their children and such. But, you know, when you read in Romans, you're, there is, there's this teaching that goes along that tells you what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. And, you know, when we come to issues like drinking and such, I point people, I said, you know, I've heard people distort Scripture to be a teetotaler. They'll say, well, Jesus didn't make real wine, he made grape juice. No, you go look at the Word. There's a word for non-alcoholic wine, you know, that would be grape juice. They didn't use that. God gave the words that he wanted to use, and it was clearly alcohol. They were clearly celebrating. The Bible says wine makes a heart merry. All these kinds of things. But it warns against the abuse. And I try to liken it like Martin Luther used to do. I try to liken it. Well, are we going to get? Are we going to uh, be, all be celibate, and, and the men not uh, get around women because 
men can abuse women. They can be lustful. Uh, any of these, they can fulfill their desires and all these. Are we going to? No, we're going to teach men. You you stay within the marriage. That's that's where God has consecrated uh, the sexual relationship to be. Not outside of that in any way. And so we do the same thing with the other. It's to be enjoyed as a gift from God, but it is not to be abused as something to somehow. Uh, again, go back to idolatry, uh, because when you're saying that desire, James says that when we're drawn away, we're drawn away by our own lusts, and when lust uh, carries over, it produces sin, and sin produces death. And so we're on a path towards death rather than a path towards life. And so I think that's what you're getting at, is that people are, are disposed to that. And why are they disposed to that? Because they have a sinful nature. I mean, they're born with that. We got it from our father, Adam. And the only one who can break that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can break those those shackles that are on us as slaves of sin. Yeah, and um, it, it, it is it's such a destructive thing to to see people do it. And you know, our governments could have made alcohol really expensive. They could have done, um, but they didn't. And they didn't make cigarettes expensive. Well, they all are expensive, but it's the tax that they get from these things. And um, I think, I think it's when, when it gets to that point, it destroys lives. And I, I remember in you know my nursing, I've seen people in um, who are trying to come out of alcohol, and they're getting delirium tremens (DTs), and they're scratching the skin off, and um, you know they're they're agitated, they're they're sweating. It's the same. It's a drug, and it kills so many people annually but they don't lock the country down for it do they um because uh, that doesn't suit the government's agendas so i think i think one has to be um one one has to be very on guard and also watch a uh, one's loved ones young people as well because i know a lot of people that say they don't have a drink problem but they drink consistently every night of the week there was a young woman in my uh, local supermarket, the one I don't go in anymore, um, the one where someone threatened to punch me for not wearing a mask, and that was just one of the employees. Um, I remember her saying to me that she was drinking a bottle of wine every night and she'd got stomachache, and she said, I- I'm just not ready to give it up. So I told her to buy a quarter bottle, a little bottle. I said, just have a quarter bottle, and she said that, that worked. So one has to look at what is it? It's... It's that people like all different things. They like that, you know, that that first opening or taking the cork out or taking the screw lid off. They like that glugging sound. They like what it represents. It represents that your work is finished and you're now relaxing. So there's lots and lots of reasons that you've got to tackle. Why, why are you doing it? You know, we were laughing for a long time during the first lockdown, lock up. Every time we went to our garage where we get petrol, we would have potato chips, which I, we'd never done before. But I was like, well, we're all going to die anyway. <laughs> but till it became ingrained that every time I went to the, the, the petrol station, I thought about these potato chips. Now, you know, we don't do that. But that's how quickly it's a habit. So you've got to break the habit as well and find something else to do. And if you're hanging out and all your friends are drinkers, what's the thing that people do when, when you go, oh, I'm just drinking water? They go, oh, you're boring. Oh, you're not partying with us. Oh, you're no fun anymore. Because they don't want you to give up because then it highlights what they're doing. And they'll have to face what they're doing. 
So you've got to think about as well, are you going to still go to the same places? Are you going to hang out with your friends? Um, if you're really considering trying to break a habit, you might need to literally for 30 days, you know, not see those people, not do the same things because you don't want that temptation dangled in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, you, you so, don't. You, that, that's a good that's a good thing. I was thinking I was actually looking up <clears throat> a couple of things, but, uh, I, you know, I think of where Scripture talks about, you know, the company you keep can ruin your character, especially out of I think it's uh, Proverbs one where he warns the young his his son don't go with those who will who who want to lie in wait for innocent blood so that they can enrich themselves and stuff. Again, you show you show me who your friends are. I'll, I'll show you who who you are, uh, because you're it, that old saying that if you lie down with dogs, you'll get up with fleas. It's that kind of thing. It's that bad company corrupts good character. And yeah. uh, and so this is that that's a part of separating yourself from that so that you can you can overcome some of these habits. Now, some of the habits that we have may be bad for us, uh, but they're not so life threatening as what you're talking about there, um, you know, with with alcohol or, or other things like that. But in either case, I, I like that you said you've got to find out why are you doing this? Mm. And when, usually when you ask somebody, most time they go, I don't know. I'm just. I'm just doing it. I don't know. This is what I've always done. They've gotten such a habit, they don't know why they do it. They don't know if they're doing it to escape. They don't know if they like the taste. They don't know if they like the feeling. Maybe it's a combination of all those things, and they've got to tackle all of those. And I think that's where I, why we've got to bring, we've got to seek a power outside of ourselves. And I say the power is the Lord Jesus Christ. It is God himself. And he says, if we ask of him, he'll give us of his spirit. And is, is, his, is his spirit impotent or is he powerful? Well, he's powerful. And I think that's why we have to, that's why we give the gospel, because we know what the spirit of God has done in us and what he continues to do in us, right? Even in our failings, he continues to lift us up and he continues to push us forward so that we're conformed to the image of Christ. He doesn't leave us in the ditch over there. Once he begins the work in us, he's going to finish it unto the day of Christ Jesus, is what the Bible says. So I think the points that you're making are really good. It's driving people, though, what when you've gotten in such a situation to where you're not working, where you're having all these health issues, where you're just have this, you know, leaving everything off because of whatever your habit is or whatever sin you've fallen and into. Affecting your children. Yeah. When you happen? when you've gotten to that point right there. <clears throat> you're going to have to surrender it all. There, there is no, there, there is no. Hey, God, can you just help me out in this area? No, you've got to turn it all over to Him. And He said He's faithful to to work in you. If you want, I've said it before. If you want mercy, you can have it. But you're going to get it on the terms that God has given, and that means you're going to have to abandon your sin. And in these cases, Kate, again, you made you made the point which Scripture makes about uh, drunkenness, and that is you're going to have to abandon that. Yeah, and and uh, and just taking that the other way, um, don't let people either. People are very manipulative when they have addictions. At the same time, don't let them play the victim card all the time. We have to take responsibility for what we do. And uh, you know, it, it's it, it, although it's not alcohol, it's still it's a poison. In fact, it's more deadly than alcohol. You know, sugar. I used to eat so much chocolate; it was ridiculous. I. 
I remember once I used to love this particular brand, Green and Black's Almond Chocolate. And I would buy five and six bars. And I would start to panic when I was down to the last two bars. So I would go and buy more. And I would eat two or three of those a day and they're big. Ridiculous. And, um, but when, when I was diagnosed with cancer and then I, I never touched it again. From the day that I was, well, I've had it since now, but, uh, but not very much. But from the day that I was diagnosed with cancer, I never ate chocolate again at all for a good four, uh, three, four years, nothing. And that two years that I did the full Gerson therapy, I went from one day eating lots of things that I shouldn't to the next day, none of it. And I never once faltered. I never thought I've got to eat it, nothing. Which then does make me think exactly, you know, what we keep learning that, uh, you know, 93% of our DNA is for light and sound transmission and reception. So are we hiding behind that? Because when we, and I did the healing code, I never talk about that very much and I should. I also did the healing code for two years and I prayed over specific points. It doesn't matter though, I prayed to the Lord three times a day. I did this specific prayer. And um, so we have to take responsibility for it as well because some people do just go, I'm not doing it anymore. And that's it, they don't do it. They literally just don't do it. They see that the stakes are so high and they turn their back on it. So don't, you've got to really watch somebody to, to know if they're, you know, oh, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But they are doing it. They're just manipulating you to get what they want at that point. But certainly do not facilitate um, someone's habit. Don't facilitate yeah. it. Yeah, keep- don't buy them. I, I, I had a boyfriend in my early 20s. The, the wife used to buy the alcohol for her husband because it was easier when he was quite drunk. Hmm. We got somebody in the chat that says uh, we got a bigger problem. People addicted to prescription medication. Ask her about that. Well, it's really the same thing, isn't it? Benzodiazepines. Yeah, sleeping tablets. Absolutely. Then they think they can't, they can't sleep without them. Yeah, you have, to, you have to get them off. You have to give them uh, you know, melatonin, 5-HTP. You have to give them all things uh, and, and tools to help them sleep, you know, changing their diet, getting rid of all the stimulants, turning the Wi-Fi off, getting their a habit together. So where they go to bed earlier, they, they don't eat after a certain time. They don't drink certain things. They don't have, um, you know, EMF in their bedroom and clock radios. They don't have a TV in their bedroom. They don't. It's a lot of things towards it. But we, we were out last night and a lady was telling um, my friend, who was in the audience, that she, she's completely healthy. Uh, she goes to bed, I think she said, three, three in the morning and, and get, or something like six in the morning and gets up at three in the afternoon. Well, that's not healthy. Not healthy at all. Um, you know, she's not up when she should be. When the sun is highest in the sky, midday, we should all be out. And um, so it's interesting, you know, people saying, well, that's okay because I'm getting my eight hours sleep. Well, not if you're not getting it in line with your circadian rhythm, it's not. Because all your organs regenerate after about midnight. And if you're, you know, I feel really tired today. I've been managing, going to bed earlier, making sure I go to bed. My cutoff is 10.30 for stopping. If Because I, I like to sometimes work in the evening so I can go out in the day. Um, but all of these things you've got to bring into it. Why, why are you taking sleeping tablets in the first place? Um, if if you have something that's naturally on your mind, if you have an anxiety or worry about something, that's normal. I've not very often, but occasionally I won't sleep just occasionally. 
the rest of the time I sleep like a log. Um, if you're addicted to painkillers, uh, well, that's not addressing the problem. It's just blocking the, the receptors for pain. You're just like, so what is the pain? Why have you got it in the first place? If you've got arthritis and you're taking all these painkillers, but you're still eating sugar and you're still eating loads of meat, you're still eating salt, then you're going to have the pain. It's not, it's, it's all, you know, money, if all of it actually, prescription drugs, cigarettes, alcohol, who's creaming all the money in? The same people who want us to, uh, you know, forget cash, eat crickets. Slaves, <laughs> eat crickets, become slaves, yep. go out and, and wave at a hologram in a carriage because we're that stupid, we'll wave at a hologram. Um, it's all the same thing. Well, yeah, what's interesting... What's interesting about it is a lot of that is what is promoted in the rock and roll lifestyle, you know, the sex, drugs, rock and roll. And it's promoted as though be free, break free from the thing. But what they don't realize is what Jesus said. He says, whoever you submit yourselves to is who you're a slave to or what you're a slave to. And they don't. And I, I think some of these guys, as they start getting up in years, I think some of them start realizing, boy, I'm in such a bondage. I mean, uh, you know, you and I were talking about Elvis the other day, and th that guy was in such a bondage. Everybody was using him. Here's the guy known as the king of rock and roll who dies in his bathroom. He's he's yeah, drugs to make him sleep. Yeah. Drugs to wake him up like Michael Jackson, if you believe that. Yep. But yeah, absolutely. And dies on the toilet. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a slave to Fat Dave. Um, there he is, look. Um, and now I realize that that telephone socket doesn't work. There's a pair of lips, the telephone doesn't work because Fat Dave has urinated up that phone socket. Oh, no. anything, with a, anything with a signal coming off it that he can hear, yep, that's good enough for him. That's just crazy. Um, you know, it, it, habits. I have two little dogs, uh, as you know. Nellie, who's always actually on the show because she's always behind me. <laughs> and uh, I had a house guest for a month, Lolly. Um, and Mr. Raffi's down there in his bed waiting to go for his walk. I'm going for a big walk on the forest after this. Um, but I, this is a great habit. When you have dogs, it forces you, well, it should, to get out the house every day. And I don't need to drive um, miles away. I'd rather use some of my money to drive to the, to the forest and go for a beautiful big walk. And it gets me outside. I've met some wonderful people. I've met a, a new patient there who's also doing lots of jobs in my house for me, doing electrical work. He's sick. He's 32. His bones are crumbling. He's a beautiful looking young man. You know, what a, what a, what a sweetheart. He's not only coming to do the electrical work because I'm doing all his diet. He said to me, he saw a big bookcase that I delivered. He said, let me put that together for you. I said, right, you're on. I'll make your dinner this week. You can put my bookcase together. So, you know, this is just taking my dogs out. It's getting a job done for me for what? For making someone dinner. It's, you know what? Get outside. You'll meet people. Uh, get, there's so many dogs. You can do so many things. Well, I think that I think that's that's a good point, and we'll get ready to wrap up the show here, uh, is that when we focus on on other people, we tend to drop some of those bad habits because we're we're focused on somebody else instead of, I guess, focused on ourselves. 
That's I, to me that that seems, and that's part of what putting on the Lord Jesus Christ is about, anyway. Right? We're to love God and to love our fellow man as we love ourselves. So that means that we're going to be involved in that kind of thing. Kate, I'm going to turn it over to you for uh, a final word here. Uh, if you want to give a final word of exhortation about kicking those old habits, um, I'm going to give that to you. Give yourself one day, and make that day. That's the day when you're going to be you're going to worship this temple because you're created in God's image. So make that a day. I've done this all week. I, I, I had a whole week. I just fasted all day, fasted, as they say in the South. And then I ate all my <laughs> foods, uh, in, and it's posh down here. Um, it's fasted. It's fasted. Fasted. And I had all my foods that I should have in the evening. Um, and then, and of course, I lost weight doing that, but I felt better. I don't. And be kind to yourself. You know, this is, I've been drinking my turmeric uh, ginger, and this had a grapefruit and a lemon in it, tea. I've drank a whole pot. Um, be good to yourself just one day. Go to bed early. If you go to bed early every night for a week, you will feel phenomenal. And each of these things, if you, if you do drink, have at least two days where you drink nothing, no alcohol. And I can guarantee you, you'll start to feel so good inside that you'll want to do that more. Because nothing um, really... It, it tastes as good as what health feels. It doesn't. So when your body stops hurting and you start to lose weight and you start to have your vitality back, you want to. You won't want to do the things that are going to destroy it. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's a good word. And uh, speaking of which, uh, you talked about our body being the temple. The Bible says that it is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and it also says that our bodies together come together. Uh, if we're believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, when we come together, we are the temple. He inhabits the praises of his people. This is why I encourage people, get together. Even if you have to go get a neighbor or a couple of people maybe around you, or even just your family. If your family's the only one you can find, who are believers in the Lord Jesus, get together with them. You know, sing sing some hymns. Sing some psalms. Get you a, a, a psalter. Um, I, our, ours at church is a, a little green book called Songbook. Uh, the, is that what it is? Yeah. The song, the, the the Bible songs. I'm sorry, the Bible songs, and they're nothing but the psalms that have been put to music. And um, get you something like that. Do that. Read it. Read the word I've got out loud. I want to leave you with one other thing. And I was trying to get this out yesterday, but there was just a lot of stuff going on. So you'll see this today at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. But you heard it first here on Sons of Liberty when we had Pastor Arthur Pawlowski, right? The last time we had him on, he said he would be running for office. He'd be making his announcement. He did that yesterday. All right. He announced his candidacy for political office. Uh, He gave about a 35-minute speech here. And we'll have that up. I'll have it in the archive, but I'll also be putting something out on that today at sonsoflibertymedia.com. I know most of many of you are in um, the United States, but I think you can still support him in some way. Uh, I'm sure there's got to be finances and stuff like that that you have to do. But I know he's going to have a lot of support up there in Canada from people who have just had it with the tyranny. And Art is one. Uh, look, he's been put through it. He's been shown. Amazing. Uh, he's not like uh, Dr. Jensen, how Bradley's been exposing that. He's not one to flip-flop on the thing. He's going to go right for what he's done. He's already endured much. He's 
he's counted the cost of what it is to follow after Christ. He's been willing to pay that, and I think he's shown he's a man of character that the people there in uh, in Canada can get behind and support. So be looking for that a little bit later on, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Guys, catch Bradley at 3. He's on for two hours today, and you can catch him on sonsoflibertymedia.com, top left side of the page there. And again, get with the people of God, read the Word of God, and bless one another. In fact, before we leave... Let me just do that because uh, that's um, that's something I had pulled up here. May the favor of our Father rest on you this day. May the Father release blessings upon you in your life. May the name of the Father bless the labors of your hand. May the Father bless your household. And may the Father quicken your heart to remember life and death are in the power of the tongue. And may the peace of the Father dwell in your life and bless you in your spirit, your soul, and every fiber of your being. May you experience friendship with the living Yahweh. That's the true and living God, the only one. Okay. May you experience peace that surpasses anything you have ever comprehended. May you have your own encounter with the love of Yahweh. And there is no other name in which is given unto man, in which we must be saved, healed, delivered. And that name is in Hebrew, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, our righteousness. Amen. Have a great weekend. We'll see you at 6 a.m., Lord willing, on Monday morning. Adios.